Good morning. Really glad you're here. I am uh, in the middle of a message series that we've called Minor Prophets, Major Mission. And what we're doing is we're looking at the shortest books in the Old Testament portion of the Bible, first half, um, maybe more than the first half, maybe first two-thirds. I don't know. I haven't really done the math. Um, but we've been looking at the, the shortest books there that have major lessons for our lives. As you dig into those books, God really has some very important things to communicate to us. And these prophets, they're so relevant that if they were to speak, if they were to take my place this morning and deliver their message, it would really connect with our circumstances that we're experiencing in our lives today. So what we're going to do this morning is we're going to dig into a book written by the prophet Haggai. I just like their names. That's kind of cool. You know, Haggai, Malachi, there's, there's really cool names for these prophets. Two weeks ago, we, we heard from one of my favorite names, Habakkuk. <laughs> it's not a name you hear today. But he wrote about the coming judgment of the Chaldeans also known as the Babylonians. So he, he wrote about this coming judgment, the people of Israel, whom he was writing to, specifically Judah, who was half of the kingdom of Israel that had been split out. He wrote to them, and he warned them uh, of the coming judgment God was bringing because of their disobedience, the captivity in Babylon. Uh, his prophecy was fulfilled. They were taken into captivity. Uh, for 70 years, and then they came back. So in this series, we're sort of fast-forward, rewind, fast-forward in history. We can do that looking backwards. <laughs> you know, If you're looking at a chunk of history, you can fast-forward, rewind. Our lives are not quite like that. But that's what we're doing. We're looking at Haggai today. And uh, what happened is the prophecy of Habakkuk was fulfilled, and they were taken into captivity in Babylon, and Haggai speaking to Judah, the same portion of the Israelites, and he's speaking to them after they come back from their 70 years of exile. And so what you find here in Haggai is a focus on reproving the people of Judah for mixed up priorities. That's, that's the heart of the book. In his rebuke, we're given a graphic picture of how God gets involved when we ignore him and overlook what's most important to him in our lives. That's what you see. In, in, these, in these prophets, some of them lived out their message, but most of the time they give this, this really graphic picture of what God is doing and how he's involved. Now, God is spirit. We can't, we can't see spirit like we can see flesh and blood human beings. And so we tend to focus on the more tangible things in, in life. Uh, things like work. We have to get up. You know, if you work Monday to Friday, you have to get up tomorrow morning and go to work. Well, hey, hold it. Tuesday morning. <clears throat> Caught myself. 
But you have to get up and go to work sometime this week. (laughs) You'll get up. You'll spend all day there. It's a real place with real people, with real deadlines, and all kinds of stuff's going on there. Our work is the key to making real progress in life so that we can move up the ladder or get that bonus that we need for the vacation we want. Anyway, this this is seems so real to us. And it is real. It's very real. Food and drink. It's easy to get preoccupied with your next meal, and I confess that I can do that. I like I like when I wrote wrote this a couple weeks ago, I, I wrote down that I really like a good meal of pasta and mango iced tea because that was what was on my mind <laughs> at the time. But it's, hey, I'm a foodie. So I have to trim back that desire to just look forward to the next meal and focus on what's really important. Um, clothes. Some of us get into fashion. Um, we get wrapped up in finding clothes that make us look good. And that, that can be an all-consuming effort, okay, to, to look for clothes. Now, I got into happy socks a little while back. And the reason I did is because I get up in the morning, I open my drawer, and I can't tell which ones are black and which ones are blue. So I decided, I'll just buy these crazy socks that doesn't really matter. And if I'm just in the ballpark then I'll be okay. Like if there's one color in the socks that, that you know, matches something I'm wearing, then that's good. Like these, these, are, these are green polka dots with a beige background. It, it goes with this, see? It, it, it lines up. But, but what happens is you, you can really go crazy over one of these searches because what if I go to my drawer and I don't have a pair of socks that even one thing doesn't match on what I'm wearing. i got to look for that. I, I have to trim this back. I'm just confess. I'm just, this is a confessional this morning of Randy's issues. Um, money seems to be the answer to most of our problems. So we make it our goal to make as much as we can so we don't have to worry about the trouble that might come upon us. All of these are a part of life. And God's desire is for these to be a gift from Him. There's a passage in Scripture that says, to enjoy life is a gift from God. This is, this is what He wants. He gives us all things to enjoy. To really enjoy. But when we focus on the gifts and not the one who gives them to us, we get lost. There's a flaw in our heart. And it's like we get on a treadmill. That's the picture we're going to see in Haggai. We, we get on a treadmill, and we're not making any progress. Here, here's a picture of a really cool treadmill. See the guy over there? And the, the cool thing about it is you can set it to climb, so it gives you the workout like you're climbing a mountain, but you're not going anywhere. Here's, here's the screen. Look at that screen. You can set that screen... If you go to the next slide, you could set it like, hey, you're, you're climbing and you're in the mountains. But none of, you're not making any progress. You're not going anywhere. And that's how our lives can be. We, get, we, get, we, we do all this stuff. We have a lot of activity, a lot of things we're trying to accomplish, but we don't get anywhere. That's the message of Haggai. And so let's read... Haggai 1, 6. 
Um, you have sown much and harvested little. In other words, you're working with extreme vigor, but you're not making any progress. It's like you're on this treadmill here. You eat, but you never have enough. You drink, but you never have your fill. Appetites are a bottomless pit. To, to focus on them, to try to get satisfaction from them, you come up empty. Because you just have to keep pouring it in. It's the way it is. You clothe yourselves, but no one is warm. It's not the clothes on the outside that makes us who we are. It's, it's our, our self-image. It's our self-worth that God gives us from the inside that warms us to the core of our being. And he who earns wages does so to put them into a bag with holes. Do you ever feel like your checking account is a sieve? It's just going through there. That's the picture in in Haggai. Where are you experiencing minimal satisfaction or traction right now? Is there somewhere? Maybe you're not. But maybe there's a part of your life, something you're dealing with, one of these things that Haggai lists that I listed prior to reading the passage, that you're just spinning your wheels. You're on the treadmill. You're not making any progress. You're trying to. You're trying to go. Maybe the unpredictivity that you're experiencing has a spiritual root, and that's what Haggai shows us in his book. He shows us the spiritual root of unproductivity at times. It's difficult in our world to make a connection between the things we're experiencing and God's involvement in them. But boy, how helpful is it to see the connection between the physical, the tangible, what we're dealing with right now and God's involvement in them. Because God's the number one factor in what we're experiencing in our lives. And so how helpful this be? Now, Marvel movies, think, you know, like Thor, Iron Man, The Avengers, Civil War. I just saw that the other day. Um, they, they have these breakthrough scenes where portals are opened and gods step through, little g, gods step through, or superhuman creatures break through into the physical realm. Here's, there should be a picture up there of a portal. You can see it in the background. There's a portal opening up and they step through and they, they impact what's going on in the world. These kinds of things show up in movies all the time because we as people, we can't let go of the idea that there's an eternity beyond that's impacting what we're doing and living today. We, we can't let go of that. So we have some interesting pictures in movies like this that connect the dot. God gave us the scripture to help us make the connection between what's happening in our lives and God's involvement in the events of our lives, our circumstances. This is why it's so important to seek God out in Scripture and rely on Him to help us to identify the spiritual root of whatever trouble we're experiencing, the, the circumstances we're experiencing, or the blessing that we're experiencing. The trouble or the blessing. It's, it's crucial. That's why... It's the heart of what we do on Sunday mornings. It's the heart of what we're going to do at the men's meetings, the women's meetings, the advance and the journey. 
we, we, we want to focus on, at the core, the Scripture, because God uses it to open up a portal to speak to our hearts and into our circumstances, to challenge us and change us. Connecting the spiritual and the physical, it can seem like a movie, but we need to be taught by the Holy Spirit as we walk with Him to make the connection, and He does that through His Word, the Bible. This is how God works. So if you've decided to follow Christ, the Holy Spirit's come to live in you, you know His presence, because the way I know it usually is, shouldn't have said that, shouldn't have done that. Or, hey, do this. Get moving in this way. We, if you've decided to follow Christ, you have the Holy Spirit in your life, and as you read the Scripture, it's going to come alive for you. At times, He's going to open it up. He's going to open the portal up and speak to you. God used the prophets in the Old Testament like opening up a portal to speak into their, the circumstances of the people. Um, if we don't learn from the Lord how to connect these things, we just go on building our lives and we're being impacted by our priorities and we can't make the connection. We can't see what's going on. So God is very gracious to show us through his word what is exactly what's going on. So today... God is still using the message of the prophets to speak into our circumstances. That's why we're doing this series. Habakkuk, sorry, I got onto a prophet. Hebrews 4.12, it's a passage in the New Testament. And it's not going to be on your screen, but it says, The word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, dividing to the, the joint and marrow, discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. The Bible's like, you don't just read the Bible, it reads you. And it pierces to your very heart, your thoughts and intentions. And that's what God's doing through the prophets. God's word is living, it's active, and he uses it to open up a line of communication to those who seek him. And he speaks into our lives today if we'll dig in and listen to what he has to say. So through Haggai, we see that mixed up priorities are a source of real trouble in life. Often when trouble shows up, if we're spiritually minded, we consider the spiritual implications of that trouble in our lives. Not always. We may be on a run where we're not really cluing in to what God is saying to us. But we want to stop and pay attention to the spiritual implications. Sometimes, often, I don't, I don't see a direct connection. God doesn't reveal a direct connection to me. And, and if you've asked him to show a connection between your circumstances and what's going on, sometimes he, he doesn't make a connection. But the other day, uh, for the third time in about a year, I backed, okay, I wasn't always the one who backed the car into the car in the driveway that I forgot was there. I did it twice. Someone else did it another time. Um, But that happened three times. So I started thinking, hmm, this seems to be a pattern. God, 
is there anything I'm missing? Because, you know, when you back up cars into things, it costs money. You have to repair the other car. You have to do this, that, and the other thing. And I thought, well, that's one way God really gets our attention is through our pocketbook, through our wallet. So I asked God, God, is there, is there some connection between this thing that keeps happening and my thoughts, my actions, my practice, whatever it is? He made an immediate connection. And I got in line. I just, I did what he told me to do. And that's, that's the way God uses his word in our lives. He, he uses it as a direct connection. And if God has anything to say, I just want to tell you, if, if you're worried about some trouble that, that you're going through and you think, well, I need to check to see if God's saying anything to me about that, God will not pour vague guilt over you. He will not give you false guilt. He will speak very clearly into the circumstance about what's going on. The other stuff is counterfeit from the enemy, from Satan. Vague guilt, a sense of just condemnation, self-condemnation, that's, that's not from God. There is no condemnation in Jesus Christ. So God will speak clearly if you ask him. If, he doesn't, if you don't hear anything, move on. Just keep moving. Keep, keep your ear open, but keep moving on. By getting into God's word, there's an incredible, valuable thing that happens. We can learn the symptoms of a mix-up. We can learn the symptoms of mixed-up priorities. These help us make the connection between what's going on. And this is what Haggai is doing with the people of his day, and therefore, God uses it to speak to us. Haggai shows three symptoms of mixed-up priorities. The first one is indifference. Check out Haggai 1, 3, and 4. This is the verses right before what I just read. Then the word of the Lord came by the hand of Haggai the prophet. Is it a time for you yourselves to dwell in your paneled houses while this house lies in ruins? Remember, Haggai is writing to the people of Judah after the exile that Habakkuk had foretold. And the backdrop of these verses is the indifference they showed to the Lord's work upon their return. Because what happened is they get back into their own land, the Lord's temple's in ruin, where all of God's work goes on in that day. It doesn't anymore. But they don't do anything about the Lord's temple. What they do is they start remodeling their own homes. They get back. It's been 70 years. I don't know if they went back to their own houses. They did go back to their areas of the country, I'm sure. And they start taking the time not only to remodel, not only to fix it up, but to do custom remodels. I don't know if you've ever remodeled a house. It can be consuming because you're trying to say, okay, I got to pick out the floor. I got to pick out the color on the walls. I got to pick out this, that, now I gotta pick out the appliances, I gotta pick out the cabinets. What if it, it can be consuming? And so this is what's happening in in the day of Haggai. It refers to them dwelling in paneled houses. And everyone had a roof over their head, but many were installing they were installing rich, luxurious cedar paneling. 
before giving any attention to God's work and God's temple. That, that's the problem right there. That's the mixed up priority. When God works here in this world, his people get blisters and they pay the cost with their wallet. That, that's, that's how it goes. And they were ignoring the need to rebuild the temple, to shore it up, to remodel it, to make it good. When we respond in faith and give our resources, our time, our energy, and our money to God's work, He blesses. That's also the message you see. We'll see that a little later. Another symptom of mixed up priorities is fear. Haggai 2, 4 through 5. Yet now be strong, O Zerubbabel, declares the Lord. O st- be strong, O Joshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest. Be strong, all you people of the land, declares the Lord. Work, for I am with you, declares the Lord of hosts. According to the covenant that I have made with you when you came out of Egypt, my spirit remains in your midst. Fear not. That's a word from God to the people of, of Judah. When you start a major project that's far beyond anything you've ever done before, a natural response is a tremendous amount of fear. (laughs) As I follow the Lord and lead our congregation, He keeps calling me and therefore us to more and more. Not less and less. This makes life an adventure. I remember you saw the video. Just love watching myself on video. Uh, I'm a baby boomer. I didn't grow up with cameras on me, you know, phones and stuff. Um, But when I got here 30 years ago to plant the church, it was the 1st of August, I was scared to death. I I wish I could say, "Mm, Mr. Mr. Strength. You know, but I I was afraid. But what I saw God do was I saw him faithfully grow a congregation who has been the mother of several other congregations. This, This is what God has done. Natural response is fear, but what does it say? The Spirit is in your midst. Fear not. God is working. God is working through you. He, he is going to make a difference. You know, adventures, when you're reading about them in a book or you're watching them on a movie, they're a thrill ride. But when you're living the adventure, it's scary. It's hairy. <laughs> but at the same time, if you shrink back from the adventure, life is dull, stale, it's boring, no fun. We, we have three major opportunities. We're going to celebrate on uh, September 17th the 30 years of God's faithfulness in Church of the Valley, what he's done. We're going to have a party. Um, and then we're also going to look at three major opportunities that we're facing as a congregation. Um, the first one, finding a location to lease or buy east of here. I, I, I can't see how that's going to happen. I can't see the resources for it. God, God's got the resources. 
but I can't see him. We're going to get ready. In August of 2018, we're going to plant another church in North Fontana up against the hills. Alex and Sam Barrett. Alex is now the pastor of the Alhambra campus. So we're going to put a team together. It's going to go out and plant a church there. Then what that means is we need to find another pastor for the Alhambra campus. Three opportunities. And the way God is, he always, he always weaves challenge in with the opportunities that we're, we're facing in life. The challenge is to keep trusting him, to keep walking with him. All of these moving parts and transitions are a tremendous opportunity to expand God's kingdom. But like always, there are those challenges we have to keep walking by faith, trusting in Him. I'm turning to God. As I look at the year ahead, there's a lot of our story that's going to be written in the, in the next year. But I'm turning to God, and, and I'm asking Him to move the hearts of our people to give their resources to these efforts over the next year. Time, talent, and treasure. Those are our basic resources. It's, it's going to require some funding. We want to do that. And I'm, I'm asking God to solidify teams of people at each place and to give them a specific call to that location and a heart to serve in each location to expand and expend energy to move things forward. That's what it's going to take. That's, we've been through this before. We launched a congregation in 07 in Riverside area. We launched the campus in 2012. And we've been through this. And what God does is he, he calls his people to step up and give of their resources to make these things happen. You, you may have other kinds of major challenges and in, in the light of some of the challenges that we're facing as a congregation, maybe in the challenges you're facing, God's promise comes through Haggai loud and clear. My spirit remains in your midst. Fear not. God is there. Work. Because I am with you. That's what God says to you. Do the work that lies before you. You may have major challenges you're facing right now in your family and at work, in ministry, or in perf- important uh, friendships. In the challenge, there's a tremendous opportunity for God to work. Set your heart to listen to Him, to find out what He says about moving forward, and do things God's way. We have to rely on His presence and His help as we deal with the challenge. If we do, there's blessing. A third symptom of mixed-up priorities that you find in Haggai is nostalgia. Now, we don't think of nostalgia as very problematic in our minds sometimes, but the people are building a new temple. They actually, he delivers this message, and the people respond. They get to work. They shift They shift their priorities and they start working on the temple. But as they're working on it, 
it's a shadow of the former temple that Solomon built. And so they're working on it and they're getting nostalgic about the old days when they had Solomon's temple. And those days were when Judah, Israel was on the rise among the nations of the world. This was a glory days time in their nation. And so as they're working on the temple right then, they're thinking about the glory. You know what? That, that, is, that is not helpful. So what was happening is the older folks who had seen the Temple of Solomon were making comments as they were working on the one they were dealing with right then. That is demotivating. That is a problem. And whether you're making the comments to yourself in your mind or you're making them out loud to your family or the people at work or whatever it is, that is not how you move forward by thinking about how good it was at a different day and time. If you're trying to move forward today, it is not helpful to look back to a better season of life. Just not helpful at all. So this is what we read in Haggai 2.3. Who is left among you who saw this house in its former glory? How do you see it now? Is it not as nothing in your eyes? The fact is, the only situation I can do anything about is the one I'm facing right now. If I want to meet God, I meet him right now. I don't meet him in the past. I don't, I don't meet him in the future. He may lead me to get ready for the future. That's prudence. But I am only going to be able to meet God right here and now. And so I need to focus on his priorities for the situation that I'm trying to handle right now. If I cave in to the pull to focus on a time when I was better off or when work was going smooth or when ministry was multiplying, if I face the, the then, then I, if I cave into that pull to go backwards, then I'm wallowing in the fear. I'm wallowing in the frustration. Ah, I wish I could go back there. You can't rewind. You can't go there. The only place you're going to meet God is right here and now in this situation that you're dealing with. If I face the reality of the moment, handling things God's way, I set myself up for a better future. It's the way it works. We can't rewind. We can't fast forward. We, we can't do that. Haggai does us all a favor and reveals the source of the trouble. <clears throat> Lord responds to the mix-up by delaying progress. We read, this, we read this earlier, but I'd like to read it again. Verse 6, verse 5 and 6 says, Now therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. You have sown much and harvested little. You eat, but you never have enough. You drink, but you never have your fill. You clothe yourselves, but no one is warm, and he who earns wages does so to put them into a bag with holes. So, we read that. We talked about the treadmill. Haggai reveals the source of the trouble and as a, as a result of their mixed up priorities. Verses 7 through 11. Thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. This is, he says this five times in the two chapters. Consider your ways. Think about it. Stop. 
give thought to this, careful thought to what's going on in your life, because we can just keep moving forward, and we're on the treadmill. Go up to the hills and bring wood and build the house that I may take pleasure in it, and that I may be glorified, says the Lord. You looked for much, and behold, it came to little. And you, when you brought it home, I blew it away. Why? declares the Lord of hosts, because of my house that lies in ruins, while each of you busies himself with his own house. Therefore, the heavens above you have withheld the dew, and the earth has withheld its produce, and I have called for a drought on the land and the hills, on the grain, the new wine, the oil, and, the gra- and what the ground brings forth on man and beast and on all labors. In this passage, you find out God is the one that's delaying the progress. He's involved. Haggai opens up the portal, and he shows the direct connection between their circumstances and what what God is doing in their lives. One of the major goals that God has in giving us the Bible is to show this connection. It's his major line of communication. This is how God speaks. So, if there's a pattern of stuff breaking down and tearing up and wearing down, or money's being used up, or a lack, there's a lack of results in your work, it could be, not always, but it could be that God is delaying your progress. He's the one that's holding it out. He's blowing it away so that he can get your attention. And if he is, this is what he wants. He wants you and I to carefully align ourselves with God's priorities and find his blessing. This is the heart of God. This is what he wants from our lives. This story has a good ending, as I mentioned. Um, The people respond to Haggai's message. That doesn't always happen in these prophets that we're reading through. Uh, They respond to his message. They changed their priorities immediately, and they went to work on God's concerns. That's what you see. Haggai 1, 14 through 15, And they came and worked on the house of the Lord of hosts, their God, on the 24th day of the month, in the sixth month, in the second year of Darius the king. He's putting it in its place in history. God wants to bless us. He doesn't want to delay our progress. So here is God's response to the people of Haggai's day. Verses 18 and 19 of chapter 2. Consider from this day onward, from the 24th day of the ninth month, since the day that the foundation of the Lord's temple was laid. Consider. So he's three months ahead. They started work. They obeyed God. They, they kicked it in. Consider this. Is the seed yet in the barn? Probably not. Indeed, the vine, the fig tree, the pomegranate, and the olive tree have yielded nothing. But from this day on, I will bless you. When, you. when they obeyed, God brought the blessing. You see the connection there. You can change the trajectory of your future in a moment by deciding to obey God. By deciding to do what he's laid on your heart to do. By aligning your priorities with what's important to him and giving your time energy, money, and all of your resources to be used by him for his purpose. 
You may have heard of the butterfly effect. Small causes can have larger effects. It's a, it's a scientific concept that's used in the weather. And I thought about this in, you know, a butterfly flaps his wings on this part of the world. It can create a typhoon on that part of the world. There's, there's a direct connection. And we don't want to go into that. There's a movie. I'm not referring about to the movie. The movie was a thriller. I, I, I would imagine it, it, it could create a lot of concern if you watch that movie. That's my guess. I didn't see it. But the impact of our choices right here and now as we meet God in the moment and do what he's telling us to do, we align our priorities with him, have a tremendous impact on our future. We, we can change the trajectory of our future by obeying God right now. A person's choice to trust God immediately changes their future because God is paying attention and he wants to bless us as we decide to follow him. Get synced up with God. He is working out his eternal plans as we choose to put his priorities in place for our lives. Have you been spinning your wheels in some way? Do you need to ask God to show you if there is a connection between your lack of progress and mixed up priorities? It could be that you're here today and God is shouting like he was speaking through a microphone into your circumstances to get your attention, to shift your priorities to to his priorities. He wants you to consider the spiritual issues affecting your progress. As I wrap up this morning, as the band comes up, I'd encourage you to think through a way to respond personally to this message. God may have spoken to you, and I'd like to give you an opportunity to think that through, to consider, to carefully think through what God might be saying to you. Uh, Here are some suggested next steps. My next step today is to, with God's help, overcome a symptom of mixed up priorities that I've identified indifference, fear, nostalgia. That's the symptom. Ask God to show you what the mixed up priority is. What is it that I need to change, God? Another step would be to align myself with God's priorities. You may have identified an area that's out of alignment, either giving um, folks of your energy, your thoughts, you're consumed with something. When a car's out of alignment, it can be a bumpy ride. It's the same with a life. When when a life is out of alignment, it is a very, very bumpy ride. So you may respond in one of those ways. Maybe God said something else to you as we've walked through this this passage. Um, And I'd like to just encourage you to do what God's laid on your heart to do. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you for the truth in your word. I ask for your help as we 